Today, our show is sponsored by Nutrafol. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you are among them, know that you're not alone and there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months of use. Nutrafol is physician-formulated to be 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective doses so you get the most reliable results. And no matter your stage in life, they have a solution. Nutrafol women's formulation is ideal if you're experiencing thinning hair loss caused by stress, dieting, overstyling, or environmental toxins. Their other formula, Women's Balance, is for additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code SELFIE to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code SELFIE. Today's sponsor is EveryPlate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that they were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, every plate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste, you know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. Every plate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in about 30 minutes or less. You can choose between 17 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up dinner routines however you want. Every plate helps me experience more of my favorite things in life by saving me time and money, which means more money towards vacations, concerts, the list goes on. You can choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code SELFIE179. Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves. We think self-care is important, but it can simultaneously be elusive. We don't lack information about it, but we don't always quite get there. So this podcast is dedicated to exploring different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious. We're looking at health, relationships, beauty, periods, and maybe a touch of the random. We also want to look at the hurdles we face that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. To submit questions to me or Rue, or to Claire, our beauty expert, or BJ, our resident therapist, join us in our private forum by searching Selfie Podcast Community on Facebook. Hey guys. Well, today we are going to be spending some time chatting with BJ. We are talking about something that has been a heavily talked about topic in our Facebook page, which is 
how to say no to family gracefully in the midst of a pandemic for the holidays. And I know that's not the case for everyone. Everyone has different levels of comfort, but we have found that there are a lot of people who are having to say no to get togethers with family and it's causing a lot of big feelings. So BJ walks us through that very fraught conversation with a lot of grace. Well, Rue, how is your self-care going this week? You know, I will say that this is the first year that I have not had to, well, one, that I've ordered Christmas cards in a timely manner, <laughs> and I and I did not have to overnight them to myself. Love it. You know what I mean? Yes. And I remember, and I just, like, this might be the first Christmas that I don't lose my SHIT. Dude, same. I was literally about to say the same thing for my check-in. And Why I, do you think that is? I don't know if it's because there's there's just – maybe it's because, like, it's COVID, so in comparison, this is fine. Or mm-hmm. one one thing that we've done, which I will say has made things a lot easier, is that we, like, we're doing one big family gift for the kids. Mm-hmm. So I used to – Can you say what it is? Sure. I mean, none of you are going to tell my kids. So we thought we would just – this feels like a good pandemic investment. We are not video game people. My kids have never owned a video game console. Mm-hmm. So we got them a Nintendo Switch with extra controllers and nice. a bunch of games that we know they'd like. And I don't know, it's like the kind of it's the kind of system that has active games too, which means yeah. they can kind of move around. So we got them like Just Dance 2021 oh, and yeah. there's also one called like Ring Fit something where you have yes. to like go on these adventures. Are you familiar with that one? I am. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it really does get you up legitimately. So, We've got a, a couple of those that we think they'll like, and just like nostalgic ones for us too, like Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. So we did that, and that is a pricey gift when you yeah. add up everything, like the extra controllers. The Usually I'll do four gifts per kid, which mm-hmm. I feel like is still simplifying. But you know what else it is too? I'm not planning, you know, Christmas Eve brunch or yeah. or making sure that everyone's got presents and tables, whatever. It's just going to be – it's just going to be immediate family. Um, yeah. And so, and so, you know, right now, all I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done, except for stocking stuffers. Mm-hmm. And this is the first year that I can say that on, you know, whatever date it is today. Like, it's yeah. not, it's not first Christmas Eve, December. and I'm not, yeah. right, I'm not freaking out. So this is, this is a brave new world for me. Um, and that's also like, you know, and this sounds Maybe this sounds cruel because I love teachers, but I'm not worried about end of year school parties. I'm not worried oh, about dude. There's that's no there, huge three different Christmas performances yes. um, where everyone has to dress up or oh make sure your kid wears a white white on top and black on bottom. But then yeah. she's also doing the ukulele performance, so she has to wear red for that. And also we're gonna have this performance. Can you please bring in you know and also make sure you bring in a candle for this and donate to this, which I think donating and being a part of um being a part of community events that's great but i've noticed that how much like there's just a serious difference between this christmas and last christmas in the amount of scheduling we're doing like and and before and i love teachers i love teachers so buy our teachers a gift but we're homeschooling this year so i don't have to worry okay we have to get this teacher and then also this teacher and this teacher and this kid has three teachers and this you know like the bus driver and mm-hmm. so because of all of that, and I'm not saying it's necessarily better, like it's not necessarily better that we right. could see all these people or celebrate them, but it certainly, 
I am not losing my mind. No, and I think that that you know that's the trade off. I mean, I'm missing all of those things, and my kids are really missing those things. But to not have all of those parties and obligations, I feel the same way. Like I feel like this is the first time I've been staring down the holidays, and I'm like, I I kind of don't have much to do. Like yeah, and even this weekend, I felt like I had enough free time to do something like a little whimsical. So yeah. I made these. I made them. You know, my kids have various food allergies, but I was able to make them, you know, one I made like a peanut butter s'mores hot chocolate, which I'm not, I'm never, I'm always like, here, just have a hot chocolate. But I did marshmallows and crushed up graham crackers and chocolate chips on top. And then one I did uh, peppermint and I crushed up candy canes and put those on top of whipped cream and marshmallows. And then, you know, for my littlest, because I was feeling whimsical, I took a teeny little cup and I made her teddy bear. And she's eight, but she's still, you know, I made her teddy bear a little hot chocolate too. And like, we've been doing things like that, that are just really kind of, they're relaxing. They're fun, but they're relaxing. Or, you know, the other day we just did like this huge domino run and it was just, you know, me and the girls for like three hours making a domino run and listening to Christmas music. And I, I think like this is what I've been missing is that because I was so packed with activities before, I was missing out on just the, yes. oh, this is where we can be festive. And totally. you know what? I'm going to make myself a hot buttered bourbon tonight or mm. mulled wine or, you know, just something that's relaxing and we're going to watch White Christmas or you're going to do the routine from Sisters over and over again, the Sisters totally. song routine. So how about how about you? How's – I mean, <sighs> seriously, this was everything I was going to say. I mean, like you, I just got my Christmas cards out. I mean, first week of December, like they're sent, which is wow. – so unheard of for me. I did. Do Do you use a company that like prints the addresses for you? So I th- actually think I use the same one you use. I use Minted, and yes, I know so you I. love Minted, but yes. I didn't. I just did the return addresses because I'm always afraid I'm going to forget a few. So I just had them all shipped to me. Yeah, and I figured this is a good like it's a good task for the girls to do. I do always forget a few, but I have been building my address list over there, and so. And I, I really did a lot of correction last year. So it was really nice because this year I had them just print all the addresses on there. And all I had to do was put stamps on things. Like wow. It was like, oh, this is so easy. So I got those out already. Um, I've bought most of the Christmas gifts and, and I wrapped a number of them last night. So wow. I would say three quarters of the gifts are under the tree. Like this is never me. I'm usually up till 3 a.m. on Christmas Eve. Right. No, same. And then I'm stressed out and then I'm tired and there's scotch tape everywhere, like just sticking to the back of my pants when people come over. You know what's so funny is that there have been years where I have been so late with Christmas cards. I'm like, oh man, it's not going to get here in time. Then I have to send it out. So I just turn it into a happy new year card. Oh, sure. (laughs) And so this is, you know, I feel... I feel really good about – you know what it is. So you know that um, my grandmother's been really sick, and so I went to go kind of see her and say my goodbye. And we were going through her really important paperwork. I don't know if I told you this. Did I no, tell you this? I don't think but so. But it was like – it's like her birth certificate. It's like uh, important paperwork. And inside is – I'm going to choke up every Christmas card I've sent her with oh. pictures of my kids. Mm. And I just realized like this yeah. – <clears throat> And I didn't do it in the past two years because I was busy or whatever. I was like, I need to cut down somewhere. And I realized that for some members of the family, that's like yeah. a really important thing. And you and I probably see receive a ton just because of like people in the area and like everyone, yeah. you know, in your kid's class, you might get one. 
but for oh my gosh, I am gonna I'm losing it. But for a relative who rarely sees totally. the extended family, it's such it be, it turns into a keepsake. The fact that it's with her birth certificate, I mean, it's Ugh. it it is it is. Um, that's why I know that you know, especially for you know certain people in our family, yeah. it's it's nice for them to see a picture of my girls and totally, get a holiday yeah. wish. And so I feel I'm so glad that I did that. And I'm you know I'm I think I will continue to do that just because I realize how much it, it has meant to my grandmother. And so yeah. Anyway, I love that. Christmas cards. I'm going to. I've decided here on out. I will not. I will not skip a year. Yes. I, do, I know. I do them every year, too. My kids actually were really making fun of me. They were like, why do you do this? Like, you know, I, I guess in the age of the internet, they just kind of think it's old-fashioned. But, you know, I'm really funny about it. Like, I do it every year. I feel like, number one, it forces me to get portraits taken of us every year. Mm-hmm. And I really value those. You know, like, I think it's – that is more of the issue for me than anything else. It's just forcing me to hire a photographer mm-hmm. for myself to actually be in a photo, which I, I never am, you know. Right. And for us to get dressed and, you know, I put a lot of time into – what we're going to wear. And what's funny for me is I'm not putting time in because I want us to look perfect. I actually spend a lot of time thinking, like, what are the outfits? What what are the clothing that we're wearing right now that mark this season in time, which is super mm. cheesy. But I do think that because I like, I want us to look back and go like, oh, remember, like, that's the year that you wore like puffy vests all the time. Or that's the year that, you know, you were really into like bell bottoms and looking 70s. And so I always try to like pick outfits that really mark the style of like that are really trendy to the time. Because I think it's fun to look back on that. Like even, you know, looking back on what I dressed my kids in in 2010 is funny. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I thought that was cool. (laughs) Yes. No, I see that too. I'm like, wow, I was really into, you know, the headband with the big flower on top. Yeah. For the kids. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I'm like, oh, I really picked hot pink and neon yellow as our color scheme. (laughs) I chose that. (laughs) I I remember that card. Um, (laughs) So my girls, you know, they're they're really close and they're close in age, but they have such different personalities and Mm -hmm. senses of style. So I actually had a really fun time. And we haven't done this. Like, we're not really big, you know, family portrait takers. I did take a bunch of pictures of the girls and I picked out outfits that I thought they would really love and kind of represent their style, which is very different from each other. So, you know, the youngest had a sequin dress and a fake fur vest. And then the middle had like this velvet number, which is just she's super trendy. And, you know, a feather coat. And then my eldest, who definitely belongs in the Kira Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. This long totally. maxi dress with like little flowers on it. Yeah. And then or and then and then at one point she switched into like a denim jacket. And it was just so it was just so it's just so fun because I made sure the colors kind of all went together. Yeah. Um but just to like, I am so happy looking at these pictures myself, and I see my kids every day. But it's just this, oh man, like they love each other. Like this is who they are. Like how you know, it's kind of this, and it has nothing to do with their appearance, but this moment of pride where you're like, wow, totally. look how, like I get, I get emotional. <laughs> totally. No, I feel that way, and I, 
I feel like I get emotional looking back on the photos too, you know, yes. of when they're younger. And I mean, at some point right now will be when they were younger. Yes. Oh, you know what my kids have started doing? God, I'm emotional. I'm just going to keep being emotional. <laughs> my kids have started doing this thing where if they find a picture of themselves when they were little, like when so my my eldest two are only 17 months apart Mm -hmm. so you know she's this tiny little nugget and she's holding on to her brand new baby sister and she's like leaning over and like giving her like a funny Uh. smooch and so they think it's fun to try to recreate those because they love that like oh we did this when we were younger so let's do this now so they'll Mm -hmm. sit on the same bench and eat ice cream or they'll you know make the same pose and i lose it i'm like my kids are getting their I I can't. I'm it's I I'm too emotional. They're gonna leave me. I'm gonna die alone. You know, like it's just <laughs> totally. And also and also like wow, I haven't completely screwed them up. Like, oh yeah. God, this is so good. So anyway, now I'm just crying at my oh desk. Oh my gosh. And so I'm drinking funny. wine and I'm talking to you <laughs> in this microphone and I'm just sniffling. Um we should move to two thumbs up and you should go first so I can wipe the mascara off my face okay, and pull well, myself together. It's funny because my my first two thumbs up is very nostalgic and emotional. No! (laughs) So I I think I've talked about this company before, but I have been using this company called Shortcake to make photo albums of my Instagram feed for 10 years. This year marks 10 years. So I started using them in 2010. And here's what I really like about this company. It's funny because we're talking about decision fatigue in our next episode. One area of decision fatigue that I can spin out on is making photo albums because I used to Mm. make them on Shutterfly, which should be easy, but I would spend so much time trying to lay out things, get it right, find the right photos. So what Shortcake does is they take your Instagram feed, but they take out your burrito photo, your, you know. (gasps) Oh, they do. They do. They take out you know, the, the photo that you reposted about some, you know, political march, they take out everything that's not relevant to what you would want in a family photo. And they, and they do this by hand for you. Like, it's not an algorithm. It's someone actually going through your photos and deciding for you what would go into a family photo. And then if you want, you can put your captions, which I also love, because, you know, the captions give a, an idea as to what's going on. Right. And then they lay it out perfectly for you. In chronological order. Um, so I do my Instagram feed every year because I find like that's just where I kind of post my highlight reel. And so I now have 10 years of these beautiful, beautiful family photo albums. And let me tell you, my kids will pull these shortcake albums out. I would say probably once a month, someone will pull them all out and they'll just sit and look at them. Oh my gosh. So we, we did the same and I, and I was, I've been looking for a new one. So I'm so glad you mentioned this, but, um, we were using chat books for a while mm-hmm. and I ended up creating a, a separate Instagram account just for my kids, my yes. Twafil account. And, um, they love the captions. Like they'll quote yeah. them. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's so interesting to me, but also I think it's also because we did not grow up with someone taking a photo every day. Right. You did not. That's true. And so, and like, I also went through a period of being a really weird looking kid. And uh-huh. coincidentally, there are like no photos of me during that time, um, which I think was incredibly deliberate. <laughs> That's really funny. 
And I do have like I do have a couple cool Olin Mills poses. Mm-hmm. Did you do glamour shots as a kid? You seem like the kind of person that would have done glamour shots. Let me tell you, I did want to, and my mom would never spring for it. Oh. I really wanted to do the glamour shots. A lot of my friends did. Which, which, if you know you're young and you know what we're talking about, that's you would go to the mall. It was always yes. in the mall. And someone would take gauzy photos of you wearing a leather jacket with the collar popped. They had, like, clothes you could put on. <laughs> yeah, or you'd wear, like, it'd be, like, big hair and, like, yeah. a hat. And then you'd just put your index finger on your cheek. <laughs> oh, yeah. The poses were, like, or maybe you would tip your hat. Maybe you would look yes. over your shoulder like you had a secret. Yeah, it was so <laughs> cheesy. And no, I never did them because my mom would never spring for it. But I will say that my senior year photos – Definitely look, there's like definitely a glamour shot vibe. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like okay. I'm in a library, you know, peeking out from under glasses that I did not wear, things like that. Do you think that in the Facebook group, you can post a picture of one of your albums so we can see it uh, in the real life? The Shortcake album? Yes. For sure. Yes. I will absolutely do that. Yeah. Because they're super cute. In fact, I'll even share a video of it in the. Oh, yay. Um, because they have, they're really, I, I love them a lot. So anyway, I do those. Um, they're a great gift. They're a great gift. And it is, you know, it's more expensive than a Shutterfly album because someone else is doing that custom work for you. Um, but they're really beautiful. And I get a new one every, at the beginning of every year. Well, that's exactly the reason why I don't have a new one is because I don't want to take the time to go through and format it. And, you know, it's such a pain. That's exactly why I don't either. I have all the photos, but I just don't have the time. So yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic gift for the person who has everything, um, everything but time. Um, and then my other recommendation is also just kind of a last minute Christmas thing. Um, if you have kids and you were looking for a Christmas book, um, my our friend, actually our mutual friend, um, Rue, you know him as well, but Matthew Paul Turner, yes. he writes these beautiful children's books, which is hilarious if you know Matthew Paul Turner in person. <laughs> you know what? It is. It is. But <laughs> because Matthew the books is are gorgeous. <laughs> I don't know. He kind of, yeah, Matt, he's the kind of person that you would half expect to like push a little kid in the face. Not yeah. really. But you know, he's got like three kids. He's a beautiful family. But yeah, he does. He's, but he's, you know, he's a very sarcastic, very funny, very inappropriate friend. I'm, we've been friends for over a decade. I love him to death. But but then he writes these just I can't, I I mean, it's a joke in my family that I cannot read a Matthew Paul Turner book to my children without (laughs) Without crying. crying. Like, they just, they literally, like, roll their eyes at me, like, oh my gosh, mom, because his books, like, they're just so beautifully written, and they're very affirming to kids, like, they're Mm -hmm. just all about how, I'm gonna cry, why are we both so emotional in this episode? But they're just about, like, how every kid was created exactly perfect, and so anyway... Oh my gosh. You know what it is? is I think we also grew up with um, like a lot of religious books that that didn't necessarily feel judgmental, but they kind of fed into this narrative about, you know, doing your best because of this and God wants us to be this way and we should obey. And the fact that his books, like the illustrations are beautiful and they are so inclusive and they really, I cannot believe we're both crying. (laughs) They really just like magnify 
love and I feel and I feel like even just like self-worth yes that is it is really really lovely a really precious book for a gift for for anyone in your life like a young a niece a goddaughter Mm -hmm. a neighbor it's it's a lovely book so it's his Christmas book just came out it's called all the colors of Christmas but he has three other books and I would just say buy all four of them. They're all so oh, good. Oh, When God Made You is oh, one. They're so they're they're lovely and also the illustrations are inclusive as well. And, and they are yeah. they talk about God, but they're not religion specific. So, you know, if you were Jewish, if you know, if you believe in a a god, like they would be appropriate. There's not, you know, specific like religious right. talk in the books. This is an independent Baptist children's book. Yes. <laughs> <You know. laughs> um Okay, I've got two. Actually, they also make good last-minute gifts. So one is if you have a foodie in your life mm-hmm. who likes things spicy, get them a bottle of Mike's Hot Honey. Or if they're if they're if they're the kind of person that's like, oh, I can handle any pepper on the oh Schofield gosh. scale, whatever. Uh, get them Mike's Extra Hot Honey. Ooh, um, and it's just it's honey infused with like chili peppers or different kind of peppers and i think it makes a really good foodie stocking stuffer oh my gosh i'm totally getting this for my son jafta he will love this oh good he's such a hot sauce freak i love that but it's it's nice because it's you know you kind of don't expect it in honey so you can like put it on toast or whatever Uh, and the other thing i'm generally i'm generally a digital planner, calendar, etc. Mm-hmm. But there's this journal called the Best Self Journal. And I used it when it first came out. And then I got a little tired of it because it had like the same inspirational quotes. Um, but they have a new version that I really like. And so the Best Self Journal is like a 12 or 13 week. You, you set three goals over the course of 12 or 13 weeks. And it kind of helps you achieve those goals. Hmm. Every day, you take about five minutes. And I love doing it in the morning, make a cup of coffee, map out my day. And then you What's nice is it reminds you of your goal. And then it's like, what are you going to do today that's going to advance that goal? So if you are trying to save like a $1,000 emergency fund, what can you do today? Oh, today I can call my insurance company to see if I uh, qualify for a lower rate, right? I love Um, this. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And, you know, a lot of it can get into very like – I mean, you know how that whole like Gary Vaynerchuk, whatever, like mm-hmm. all all those things can be like really aggressively inspirational. Yes, and it is it is not like that. Although I do think they have products in that vein if you're interested in that. But the journal is really nice, um, and it comes in four different colors, and it's just easy. It's small. It's hardback, and it's a really nice way. Before they used to have like three things that I'm thankful for, uh, which I really like doing because it's just a moment of reflection during the day. So. I um once I found out they had a new one, I ordered one for me because I love myself. And then I ordered a gift for a friend too. So check that out. Ooh, I like this. I think I might get this for India because she likes that kind of goal setting, writing things down thing. Yeah, I could totally see India liking that. So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones, and they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So with two girls learning how to shave their legs right now, I am committed to making sure that they have good quality razors. Guys, I was probably well into my 30s before I realized the difference a quality razor makes. Today's sponsor is Athena Club. They have great razor kits that we have been using in our house for a couple months. 
The razor blades are awesome. They are surrounded by this water activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid. So you get a slicky smooth shave that actually leaves your skin soft and hydrated as opposed to stripped dry. And their blades are spaced out to let hair and shave cream pass through easily. So you don't have to make a ton of passes going over and over the skin to remove the hair. Fewer passes means less irritation to your skin, which cuts down on razor burn and ingrown hairs. The razor kit is only $9 with free shipping and it comes with two blade cartridges, a cute little magnetic hook for your shower storage, and your choice of a handle color. I personally chose the coral, but what I really like about it is they have a ton of different colors, black, white, pastel, neon. So if you have a big family like mine, everyone can have the razor in their own color so you don't get them confused. What I also love about Athena Club, you guys know I love automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their cloud shave foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's really, really good. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code SELFIE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code SELFIE for 20% off. We've talked a lot about skincare on the show and specifically tretinoin. If you're not familiar, it's a retinoid, which is an active vitamin A derivative that's used to improve the texture, tone, and appearance of the skin. Today's sponsor, Dear Brightly, has a product called Night Shift, and tretinoin is the active ingredient in Night Shift. This is the only FDA-approved retinoid for treating photoaging, which is premature skin aging due to long-term sun exposure. Tretinoin stimulates collagen production to prevent and treat signs of premature skin aging from years of sun damage, things like fine lines and wrinkles, dark spots, uneven skin tone, and big pores. Tretinoin can only be acquired through a prescription, but it's 20 times more potent than the -the over-the-counter retinol products. It's one of the most well-researched ingredients with over 50 years of research behind it for both acne and photoaging. I had a chance to try Night Shift, and I'm really liking it. I have the unfortunate experience of having both breakouts and wrinkles at the same time, and it's great for both. I have seen my fine lines decreasing. I've seen my skin tone looking better, and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great, but a dermatology-grade retinoid is even better. Night Shift is their dermatologist-formulated serum that's tailored to your skin by doctors online. Dear Brightly works by you first of all starting by sharing your skin story with them, then a doctor evaluates your skin and your skin history. They then tailor your formula and write a prescription, if applicable, and your tailored serum will be delivered to you in the mail. It's super simple and easy. Head to www.dearbrightly.com and enter the promo code SELFIE to get 15% off your first order, which is their very best offer anywhere. That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. Voters turned out in record for the 2020 election, but there are still those in power trying to erect barriers to hold on to that power and prevent African Americans, Latino Americans, Native Americans, Asian Americans, young people, and even people with disabilities from exercising their right to share their vision for America. Whether it's making it harder to register and stay on the rolls, or closing polling places, or rejecting lawful ballots, 
opponents of our democracy continue to deploy a host of tactics that are threatening fair representation. While more than 160 million projected voters cast their ballots this year, shattering records, we want to know what motivated you to participate in an election that will help us deliver a democracy where we can all thrive. We've heard from first-time voters, those who stood in line for hours, and those who were moved to tears knowing how important their vote was. If you or someone you know had trouble voting, or if there's any experience you'd like to share, let your story be heard. Visit andstillivote.org slash your-story-matters to join the fight for voting rights today. Paid for by the Leadership Conference Education Fund. Well, I am looking forward to having this conversation with BJ today because we're going to be talking about something that has been brought up quite a bit in our community forum on Facebook, which is the issue of holidays and family get-togethers, and what to do when you have family that is wanting to get together and you're not feeling comfortable getting together. I know everyone has different levels of comfort in the midst of COVID. Um, BJ and I both live in California. We are under a new lockdown. We've been told by our governor we can't congregate. So, you know, even in California, if we get together with family, we are technically... Um, breaking our lockdown. But, you know, I know people all across the country are dealing with both, you know, the mandates of their state, but also their own personal level of comfort. So, BJ, talk to me about how we navigate this awkward and difficult season with our family and friends who may be inviting us to things that we're not comfortable going to, and then might have feelings about that. Oh, this is a hard one. Yeah. I we've Kristen and I have both been experiencing this within our own families Mm -hmm. at times and just trying to figure this out. And I know in watching your posts on on the community group page, so many of you are asking, what do I do around this in the holiday with with Christmas coming? And I will say this, Thanksgiving's hard and it's my favorite holiday, but Christmas seems bigger. Thanksgiving seemed easier to put aside. Yeah, I agree. Where... There's something, and I know the kids being involved in this, especially um, as a grandparent, that's been the hardest part for me. We live near my daughter and her children, and we have a little bubble going on, a pod of four families that have been completely isolated, and we communicate when anything changes and quarantine from each other for periods of time in order to spend time together. But my son and his family live two and a half hours away and they have three little ones under the age of four and we've barely seen them and the kids don't really understand why we're not coming to visit and why they can't see us. And it's not the same on portal and FaceTime. No. And, and we really upset them not seeing them over Thanksgiving um, because communication kind of broke down around it. So going into this Christmas season, I just feel like, it's going to be even harder. And I'm hearing you ask the questions and this grandparent role, this grandparent piece um, is also a challenge because it's your kids are involved too. And I know Mm -hmm. they miss their grandparents. Mm -hmm. My grandchildren miss me and I miss them terribly. And they're at the age, like my uh, little granddaughter is going to be a year in January. And Mm -hmm. I was at their home on March 16th. And drove home from there straight into quarantine. 
And so I've seen her twice since she was born. She doesn't even know who I am yet. And that is so hard. So hard. And I know it's even harder for mom and dad. Um, And there's an expectation that we will do something more. And we're not in complete agreement. We're not far from agreement on how to manage the the pandemic, but we're not in complete agreement. And um, I know it feels personal to them. And it's been really hard to navigate these conversations. And I think that's kind of what we want to focus on today is helping you navigate the conversations because we're not going to change your parents' mind if they're still going to church and they're still going to, um, they're traveling or doing whatever they're doing as though it's not happening. And um, I think that you'll, you know, from listening to me and Kristen and Rue long enough to know that self-care is really about what we choose to do for ourselves. And I think that's where we're going to have to face the focus. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, choosing to, you know, not see family or friends if you're, if you don't want to, if that's a boundary that you've chosen, holding on to that boundary really is ultimately kind of the foundation of self-care. I mean, for me to say, I really don't want to get COVID. I've tried really hard for the past, you know, eight, nine months I certainly don't want to get it as we're inching towards a vaccine, right? Like now is the time I really want to be careful because we're almost at the end. This would have been like a wasted year if I'm just going to get it. Um, But then another thing that you and I have talked about is just I personally, for me, a part of my self-care is managing my anxiety and not putting myself in situations where I need to worry about whether or not I have it. Yep. And when I have, which I have, I think most of us have, we've, you know, we, we inch out of our comfort zone and then pop back in whatever mm-hmm. that comfort zone is. And when I've inched out, my anxiety's really gone up, you know, yeah. I've, I've thought to myself, why did I do this? I shouldn't have done that, you know? And so a part of my self-care is I'm not going to do that to myself. Like I'm not, right. I'm not going to put myself in that situation. Nonetheless, I do think it's very difficult for some family members and some of mine as well to not take it personally. And I I wondered too, like, what are your thoughts about the psychology behind not taking no as an answer in the middle of a pandemic or taking a boundary personally in the middle of a pandemic? Like what's going on there? Well, uh, (laughs) all the dynamics of your childhood. That's what's going on here. This is where... um, you know, this comes back to the attachment issue and how that's a universal issue. Even your parents have wounded attachments. So anytime we take anything personally, when someone's not doing something overtly nefarious towards us, mm-hmm. that usually goes back to something in childhood that I'm reacting to. So even our parents are questioning loyalty because mm-hmm. maybe that was the thing, mm-hmm. the message in their family that was most important mm-hmm. or authority that they're your parents and you're supposed to honor them and they should have mm-hmm. the final say, even though you're in your thirties or forties mm-hmm. or fifties. Um, all of those belief systems are what they brought into adulthood and then had them even validated possibly in their environments. I know I'm 63 and my parents' generation was taught to create attachment problems for their kids because of the way parenting was was done. Dads were very authoritarian mm-hmm. and moms were pretty hands off. Mm-hmm. And so if that's your parents' generation or even my generation, which is the boomers, which I don't know what happened to us, all the <laughs> I'm right on the tail end of the boomer end, but most of them were hippies and then suddenly they became exactly what the opposite of hippies are. And, right. And 
cling to these ideals about family and, and respect and all these things. So that taking personally is all of that family chaos, all of those Mm -hmm. traumas that you navigated in whatever way you did as a kid, your parents are still acting out in those same ways. And stress brings these, brings us back to those projections every time. So here we are. And I kind of want to go back and speak a little bit to your anxiety, Kristen. You've spoken very vulnerably and honestly here um, for a long time about having generalized anxiety disorder. And one of the things I see constantly is people who don't have anxiety. I don't suffer from severe anxiety. I can situationally, mm-hmm. um, but also even when I do, I'm able to bring some rationale to my anxiety and calm it in a way that someone with GAD doesn't have the ability to do. Yeah, And that's really important for people to understand. And if that's you, if you have that kind of anxiety, you've got to know that the people you're trying to make sense to don't understand that. They're no. trying to make it They're trying to use rational thought to deal with the irrational thought that your anxiety creates. Mm -hmm. And you can't make your anxiety rational when you're in hypervigilant mode. And we're kind of functioning constantly in hypervigilance right now. Mm -hmm. So as far as speaking into it, this is where we have to identify our own. Um, I said something on a post just this morning about I'm learning how to let go of expectations and I'm not good at it all the time, but when I do, it makes it a lot easier because the moment we expect that someone's going to respond a certain way or that we can word it a certain way and get the kind of response we want them to, and when we find ourselves rewriting a text or an email over mm-hmm. and over and over again, trying to find the right words, just stop. Just stop because mm-hmm. you're not going to find the right words. They're going to hear it through the lens they hear it from. You're not going to be able to change that. And what you've got to do is be able to know how to say your no, be able to know exactly why you've chosen what you've chosen, not because you're going to explain that to them, but because that truth is where you're coming from. And yes. when you're really connected to knowing it's the right thing for you and your family, it's a lot easier for you to stay in your adult feet yeah. in that conversation with the people who pull you out of them so easily yes. and into your inner child or your adolescent. So being able yeah. to stay grounded in the present moment in your adult self and ask for your needs to be met, not because you're wanting them to make you okay. Asking for their needs, your needs to be met in a situation like this is being able to communicate your boundary and say, this is it. This is what's okay for me. This is what's not okay for me. I don't need you to agree with it. I just need you to know that that's how it's going to be. And I hope we'll be able to work through this together. That's Uh, the best you can do. It is the best you can do. And I think it's, you know, we can do our best to assuage our relatives hurt, you know, to say, I I love you. I wish we could be together, you know, to, to affirm the things that they're fearing, which is rejection, which is a lack of respect. But at the same time, I do think if we've really done an inventory of our choices, you know, then we also have to be able to walk away and go, you know, if they're interpreting this as rejection, as disrespect, I'm going to have to just let that live. Like I'm going to have to let that be. 
Exactly. And I think that's one of the messages that keeps coming up as a theme in our in our community is that people are struggling with letting it be yeah. and not feeling like they have to convince this person yes. to be different with them. Yes. And that's our own hypervigilance. That's it us is. wishing our childhood was different, to be honest. And we're, we're not going to reconcile that in the middle of a pandemic. So we're not. the best we can do is just choose ourselves. Well, and I want to say this too, because, you know, you were talking about the psychology behind interpreting a no as rejection. And just to reiterate, I don't think either of us would advise giving that interpretation to a parent or family no. member, right? No, like, no, no, no. We're not no. going to offer that. Like, <laughs> we'll just well, pretend this is, this is a, a therapy session no. and we're keeping it all here in the room. <laughs> yes. This is so true. Yes. <laughs> so I think you you kind of have to present the no. Like I always look at a no as I'm going to leave it on the doorstep with a nice note and then I'm going to yes. walk away. And what they do with my no is is You theirs. know what, that's... You know, I'm and good. you're good at that. You're really good at that. I remember asking you one time, what do you do with all these comments on your posts? And you're like, have you not noticed? I don't stick around for them. Well, and it's true. We're, it's a really good way for us to communicate our boundaries in the same way. We have this idea that if we have a boundary that we need to tell a person that this is my boundary and this is what you have to do. And we don't understand. You don't understand that we can't set a boundary for someone else. Right. We can that's right. only set a boundary for ourselves. That's right. So when I communicate my boundary, it needs to fall right there. What they do. Right with it is totally up to them. But I get to decide if what they do with it is not okay with me. And then the boundary moves back even further. Mm -hmm. But I don't even always have to communicate my boundaries to people. No. Sometimes I just say, this is what is going to happen and let that fall. And I don't necessarily have to explain it to someone. And if it's someone that can't hear it, I'm not going to explain it. I'm not going to enter into that conversation. No. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay, I want to talk for a minute to the people on the other side, because I don't want to assume that every single listener is the person who's struggling with saying no. Mm, And, you know, what about for our listeners who are feeling hurt that a family member has said no? Ah, this is so important, because... I think this is this goes back to what I said before about really knowing what your truth is. Mm-hmm. And when we kind of lean into other people for anything in order for us to be okay about something, then that's what we call seeking validation. And so if if in this feeling of being hurt, there for you there's a rationale, there's a belief that there I'm seeing this a lot actually with my clients and I I even think I noticed a post about it this week where we're interpreting even outside of the nose of what to do on a holiday, we're interpreting people's absence and their silence as a rejection. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's happening. I think that really is what's ha- what leads us to feel hurt in any situation around all of this is that we are really living in this space where there are people that are so isolated and so alone and they don't have a pod. They don't have a bubble. They don't have, they may not even have a partner Mm -hmm. or a roommate or children. And those people are struggling the most because there's an aloneness there that is always one step away from loneliness where it may have, they may have been, 
perfectly comfortable with being alone before the pandemic at this point, And let me just speak into that for a minute. I hit a wall last week, a wall like none I'd hit so far in mm. this pandemic. And it's, I'm seeing that a lot of people are, and I think we lived in such anticipation of if the election could just be behind us. And then it took a week and then, and it's still going on. And if we could just get to Thanksgiving and yes. we kept kind of waiting for these deadlines. Yeah. Uh -huh. And for me, I reached that final deadline of Thanksgiving and there was a lot on my plate before Thanksgiving that's all done now. And my weekends are kind of free through December. And I was actually supposed to go on a trip the day after Thanksgiving where I was going to be on 270 acres by myself for 10 days. Mm. And I knew all along that was probably not going to happen. But boy, when that day came and it did wasn't happening and I was exhausted. I really lost it. And I cried yeah. all day the day after oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I just needed to be, I had, I just kind of melted down. And it, I realized I had been white knuckling for a, a few weeks mm -hmm. and powering through, which is something I had committed to not doing a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But man, we've had to power through with this thing. We've and my to. powering through had really, had really escalated quite a bit. And I just kind of came undone. But I did something I don't typically, I haven't typically in the past done. And that was, I reached out to my family and shared it with them and said, I'm struggling. And I reached out to several friends and um, had some processing with them. And one of the things I recognized is that my overwhelm is a, where most people get kind of panicky and anxious when they're overwhelmed. I get depressed and shut down and freeze mm -hmm. in overwhelm. I can't get my brain to function. Mm -hmm. I can't do any kind of critical thinking. And that's what kind of had happened to me that day. And I didn't really, I had never really understood that that's something I do when I'm overwhelmed. And so being in the midst of that, I realized that if I didn't have my family, if I didn't have good tools, if I didn't know how to ask for help or have a story, if I had a story about it, it's not okay to ask for help, or if I were just alone and I didn't have a close community to lean into, I can't imagine what Friday would have been like for me. I really can't. And yet I know there are a lot of you listening to us that that's you. That's your story. And you've been doing this for almost nine months now, mm. completely alone. And it's going to be impossible for people in that situation not to personalize yeah. almost everything. Because if you've got any abandonment issues, they're alive and well right now. If yeah. you have any rejection, history, trauma, that's alive and well right now. And so that's to the extreme, and I know, but there's also this middle ground for people who are just, we are functioning at such a deficit emotionally right now that we don't really have the ability to pull out those tools. And depending on what your life has been like in this, and if you're working in a high stress job, if you are exposed to COVID, you're a healthcare worker, you've been working in a restaurant, or you're a teacher and you've been forced back to school, or any of those things, or your kids have been forced back to school and they're coming home every day, and you are worried about being exposed to the virus, all of this, the, there's so many things that are weighing us down and keeping us at this deep deficit where we're really not, we're kind of removed from any tools we've had in the past. Mm -hmm. And we're regressed in emotional ways that we may not even realize we're doing because we're just powering through. Yeah, totally. And so if you do find yourself taking things personally, 
pay attention to that Mm -hmm. because that's what's under it. It, it likely has nothing to do with whoever you feel like has slighted you. Mm -hmm. Well, certainly your family, if they're just trying to mitigate their own stress and anxiety around this and it doesn't match yours, don't make the assumption that they're functioning out of fear. Maybe they're functioning out of self care Mm -hmm. to prevent fear. Because it's so inevitable if the risk is greater. Or don't d- try just not to make assumptions about any of it. If you're going to make an assumption, make an assumption that you're coming from a place that's not very connected to yourself and that you're seeing life through a lens that isn't completely accurate because there's nothing in life that's normal right now. No. Nothing. And if we can really go inward and ask ourselves, is this person do I have any reason other than the fact that they don't want to see me on Christmas in the middle of a pandemic? Do I have any other reason to believe that our relationship has changed from what it was before? Yeah. Even if they've been silent, give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe that's just the best they can do. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe they're, they're literally frozen by fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have issues that you never even realized that have come forward as a result of this. I think if we can all just choose to give everyone and each other the benefit of the doubt in these things, and then the peace for me, the kind of thing that we struggled with as a family this last week was our communication about this broke down. Mm-hmm. Nobody was talking to each other. And then when we did, we weren't coming from a really grounded place. And I think if we can just lean into that, if we can just be willing to be open and wholehearted and come to each other and say, I'm open to what you, what you need me to know mm-hmm. about why you're making the choices you're making on both sides. I'm open to understanding why you are choosing what you're choosing. And it doesn't mean I'm going to change my mind, but I just want you to know this isn't personal. This isn't about my desire to be with you. God knows I want to be with my grandchildren so much, you know? And so being able to say, you know, we want to spend this time with you. It's killing us that we can't Mm -hmm. spend this time with you. Yeah. Please know that. And please know that we may not believe the same thing about it for a lot of different reasons, but this is just the choice we've needed to make for our family. It really isn't about anything to do with how we feel about you. We love you so much and we do want to be with you. And if we can just hang on a little bit longer, our prayer is that by next Christmas we can be together. I know. The other part of this is it's temporary and we're so not good with temporary if there's chaos in it. We just want to get past the discomfort. Mm -hmm. And this is beyond discomfort. This is pure misery. So we're really just fighting for comfort. Mm -hmm. And the truth is we're not going to be comfortable for a long time. Even after Mm -hmm. the vaccine comes, it's still going to be time that we have to keep doing the masking and everything else in order to stay safe. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a little while longer. And if we aren't careful, we're going to run out of steam and really not be able to take care of ourselves beyond where we are right now. Yeah. That's good. Well, I, I hope that this is the last holiday we have to think about this stuff. I think it adds such a difficult and, yeah, I think the holidays are we we already know. I mean, if, they're rife. <laughs> they're rife. If yep. if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, 
we would probably still be doing a, an episode yeah. on how to deal with your family over the holidays, right? Like, yep. I mean, this, you know, this is nothing new, but it certainly adds a very difficult and personal and emotional layer to all of it. So I, I surely hope next year. <laughs> and that's why it's so important for us to know what our truth is about it. Yes. Because if we can stand in that and feel confident that we're making the right decision for yeah. ourselves, that helps a little bit with that story that comes into mm -hmm. the conversation about what they're thinking and what's going to happen mm -hmm. on the other side of it. I totally agree. Thank you, BJ. I think this was so helpful. And I hope if you guys are listening and this is an issue that you're dealing with, that you also pop into our Facebook group and let's keep having this conversation there. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at at Selfie Podcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care. Take care.